Hello and welcome to UI Chat from The Interface, the monthly show talking about everything ubiquity and networking. I'm your host Alex and once again I'm joined by my co-host Evan McCann. Welcome Evan. Welcome, thank you. No worries. Um, how are we doing? Good. Um, I Do you know the the meme from, it's from The Green Mile? It's the guy saying, I'm tired boss. That's, that's kind of how I feel with ubiquity news lately. It just feels <laughs> like it just never, never ends. But uh, that's good, good stuff for the show, I guess. Yeah, no, I've not, I've not seen that meme. So no, no. Yeah, well, that I mean, yeah, that that's about all you need to know is I'm tired, boss. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, that so much stuff. Uh, yet again, another month where we're, you know, bursting at the seams of stuff to talk about here. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, me and you were so um, friend of the show, uh, James Billsborough, um and his partner Jay. They they had us on up. They had us on their podcast, Cross Wires, which I've been a guest on many times for Hostify and as myself and bits and pieces. So um, we recorded probably, was it about an hour and a half episode, I think, the other week. Um, that's going to go out with them at some point. He's just going to get it edited. But we talked about we talked about Ubiquity, um, that's why they had us on the show. Uh, but it was more about the state of Ubiquity, something that we don't... Well, we, we just talk about news, really, but we don't ever go into them as a like in general as a company at the moment so um it was a good hour and a bit of four of us just talking talking shop basically so it was it was quite good fun um and then the, the links to that podcast episode when it goes live will be in the show notes and links to james's website so that was good that was good fun yeah a lot of fun and yeah i i know like an hour into it i was like we're not wrapping up anytime soon are we but yeah so it it went long but uh yeah it was a good talk yes yeah, good job it wasn't like um John Gruber's episodes are like three hours, those episodes sometimes, <laughs> the, the, the Daily Talk Show, whatever it's called, yeah. Yeah, at this rate, yeah. Uh, our, our monthly episodes might be three hours before too long anyway, but hopefully, hopefully not. <laughs> no, hopefully not. It'd be an absolute nightmare to edit. It's what he uh, <laughs> takes yeah. his time at the moment. Yeah. Um, so that's all good. Uh, yeah, as I said, you can check out James James and Jay and all the bits and pieces in the, in the show notes. They do a weekly podcast, or it used to be weekly, I think it's semi-weekly now, um, and then do live stuff on Twitch and different, different things, so that'd be all good. Um, just before we get started, quite a bit of news again. Um, thanks to everyone who has been listening to this podcast. Me and Evan really look forward to coming back every month to provide our takes on the latest Ubiquity updates. We'd really appreciate it if you could review this show in the podcast app you're listening in, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anything else you use. If you're watching our gorgeous faces on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment and hit that like button. It really does help other people find this show. Without further ado, let's get back to the Ubiquity news. So, you've been amazing as always and we've got some flushed out shadows again um the most recent thing we'll talk about is the security issue that ubiquity had which isn't really a it's not really a um a breach per se like they've had in the past but it's more of a just a misconfiguration as you call it so yeah i mean at least that's what they called it mm. um so I, I i think this was five six days ago so kind of mid-december um for those in the future watching this but there there was an issue where um, I saw it originally posted on the community forums and Reddit as just like, hey, I logged in on unified.ui.com and I'm getting someone else's consoles. Um, other people were saying they got push notifications for other people's devices. Like, I mm. think someone had a push notification for a camera that wasn't theirs. So yep. people obviously were concerned. They were posting saying like, hey, is this expected or, or what's going on here? Um, and a couple hours after that, Ubiquity acknowledged the issue. Um, after some investigation, and it sounds like um, they they did post a kind of brief uh, post mortem. They didn't go into a lot of details, but they did say around a thousand accounts were mapped to another separate group of a, around a thousand accounts, um, and that's why when you logged in through their Ubiquity Remote Access, you were seeing the incorrect devices. Those you know accounts were just mapped to the wrong devices, or vice versa. Um, so they were. Yeah, I think it was only you know occurring for about nine hours give or take um and they were pretty quick to acknowledge it you know engage with people that were running into that and uh get it fixed eventually but people of course are using this as the the latest round of reasons to turn off uh their remote access or, or question their security yep there's one screenshot which we've got some links in the show notes um, to the various forum threads, but there's one initial one where someone took a screenshot. They had access to 88 devices in their um, Unified.ui account. I, it doesn't say how many of those were theirs, but I imagine a good sec. Who's, who's got that many devices if you're not an MSP anyway? Um, so I'd imagine a good section of those are not theirs, which is a bit worrying. Um, but yeah, they did a okay job of 
getting the information out they needed to. So, yeah, a, a lot of people were very quick to congratulate them for acknowledging it and fixing it, and people were kind of happy mm. at the end of that um, yep. process after they posted that and acknowledged it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it raises some very serious concerns because you know for those, I guess maybe two thousand accounts in total, mm. however many people are using those accounts. Um, yeah, like that. That's that's the worst case scenario. Is someone had remote access to your console, to your video cameras? You know, everything in your network was reachable by a stranger, which is kind of the the worst case scenario. So this yep. is a. I, I think they maybe underplayed how serious it was because you know they kind of put that at the bottom, like, hey, someone maybe logged into your console. We'll we'll email you, and they didn't really go into a lot of details about how this was allowed to happen, how they're going to prevent it in the future. Um, a lot of people are. You know, bringing up like if things are truly secure, how would this even be possible? You know, do it, Ubiquity employees have remote access to my console at any time if they want? Um, why aren't things encrypted end to end where this is impossible technically? But we we don't know those details, and yeah, those are some good questions to ask. Yeah, um, it looks like it had an issue. This was on the December thirteenth, from about seven a.m. till four p.m. UTC. So. I don't know what that is, like 10 hours or something. Um, so, or maybe more than that. But um, it's not like it was over across a few days. It was the same day. But yeah, you are right. It's very vague on what the initial problem was. There's some good information from Ars Technica um, and some other threads as well about exactly, going into more detail of what happened. But yeah, you are right. There's There's not much information here about why that technically was allowed to happen. So... Uh, I don't think we'll ever find out, unfortunately. So, yeah, it'd be nice if we got like a, a Cloudflare length, you know, you know, technical step by step of mm. literally everything. Um, I, I mean, I will say this isn't uncommon. I mean, there's you know, running a big service that millions of people use on the public internet is challenging, mm -hmm. and there's probably a you know, I'm not really great to speak to these things, but it, um, a lot of people were pointing to it could be an issue with caching. Um, a lot of people just say like you know if you have a huge database and map XYZ group to XYZ group and someone clicks the wrong button, like this is just, it's all possible. It sounds like it's just human error. Um, good that they jumped on it quick, but still, yeah, for the for the paranoid among us, disable <laughs> remote access. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you, I guess you could use a VPN to get back to your cameras if you need to. And yeah. I think you'd miss out on the notifications if you did that. Um, yeah, so I, I think Protect is the one that's a little bit more difficult um yep. normally i mean remote access is the you can go to unified.ui.com get to your console and and uh manage it that way mm -hmm. yes a vpn will replace that for like the network side so yeah that's that's if, if you're really concerned about something like this turn off remote access use a vpn that you control to get into your network that way um but i think protect the mobile app doesn't work that way or you don't get push notifications I believe there's, so, there, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. more stuff with Protect um, and, and probably with Access and some of their other applications that you will miss out on if you disable remote access. Yeah. It's also worth bearing in mind that this is, in terms of how secure things are, that I would deem Protect like one of the most, in my eyes, one of the most secure systems. Just look at what happened with Eufy um, a while back. Um, I don't know if you saw that. But they, they had um, to anchor Owen Eufy, and I think... Something something to do with people could all the screenshots of people's facial recognition were tied to a URL, and you could cycle through all the different URLs and get access to those screenshots. And I think the way they publicly dealt with it was really bad. And I think they even went so far as I think Linus Tech Tips even said we're not going to promote you, uh, Anchor stuff anymore just for how badly you dealt with this. Um, so they are definitely far worse. There's always going to be something worse than something, but I think there's far worse. Um, systems out there to use, um, but I personally is going to leave. I'm going to leave remote access on my stuff. I don't think it's a problem. Um, I think this is just a, a one-off thing, unfortunately. Um, and people, I think sometimes people blow things out of proportion. But again, like like you, I'm not trained in security, so I don't know the full extent of what could go wrong. Um, but yeah, it's obviously it's not good. But I'm I'm happy that they fixed it the same day, essentially, <laughs> um, which is good. Yeah. So. Okie doke. Um, I think I've lost track of what we discussed dif discuss in different episodes now, but I think we mentioned the Unify Express last episode. Um, we 
Let's just have a quick look at the notes. So hold the line. <laughs> uh, we mentioned okay in the last episode. We mentioned the UXG Light, and it's sort of we didn't mention the Unify Express. So that was sort of teased um, at the Whisper Palooza event, whenever that was. Um, but since we since we last recorded, since we last published an episode, um, the Unify Express device has now become available. Uh, I think you've got one as well. I've got. I can't purchase one yet, but it's not available in the UK. Um, but yeah, the Unify Express. It's quite a cheap little device and does quite a bit. Um, there's a few limitations which we'll get to, but uh, on the initial outset, so you've had one, if you had a chance to play with it enough to formulate some sort of opinion on it yet, or? Yeah, um, so I, I, yeah, the, well, the UXG Lite or Next Gen Gateway Lite was, mm-hmm. I think it was November or late October. It was, mm-hmm. I don't know, a month, month and a half ago. And then, yeah, the Unify Express we knew about, but it kind of came out of nowhere for the official announcement. Um, but yeah, it's it's a small kind of under the UDR on the console or, or cloud gateway side of the Unify. So, yeah. um, <laughs> it's complicated to talk about all these things because the terms keep changing and there's so many of them. But yeah, so it's a small Unify OS console, cloud gateway, whatever they want to call it. Um, it can manage itself and up to four additional devices. So it can be a very small little network controller. Um, it's a, a router or gateway and then also an access point. Um, the most interesting part of the Express to me is that it can also convert into just being a normal access point. So mm-hmm. if you have, like I have a UDM in my home, I could use the Express as an AP for that network. Um, for any self-hosted controller or any other Unify network uh, application anywhere uh, on a cloud key, on a cloud service, whatever, you could use the Express as a uh, an access point. So that's something you can't do with the Dream Router. That's something you can't do with any other console it kind of has that con, you know, convert into AP mode, which is new. Mm. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Um, other than that, I know a lot of people are upset about the low device limit. Like mm-hmm. people are like, hey, I have five switches and APs. I can't manage the Express with, you know, the, I'd kind of run, I have one, one extra device or a couple extra devices. I wish the Express could manage 10 devices or, you know, a little bit more. So yeah, that, that five device limit total, you know, one of which is the Express itself. You kind of have to think about it that way. Um, that's kind of a bit of a bummer. And then it has the same processor and, and kind of internal components. A, a lot of them are very similar between the UXG Lite and the Express. So it could be, it, it doesn't run into issues with gigabit connections doing um, IDS, IPS, and mm-hmm. that's because they didn't put it on. <laughs> so they don't allow, I think the Express is the one, they, they don't allow Sercata uh, yep. intrusion detection, which I think is now what, uh, suspicious activity? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so that feature isn't there. There's a few things that aren't in the current software that'll probably be added. Um, but yeah, so besides the device limit, not having a few of those security settings, I think it's a great little starter kit, oh, yeah. specifically because you can reuse it. So for me and my UDM, I, I can't really upgrade it. I can't reuse it in another way. If you If you start with a Unify Express, you can repurpose it as an AP when you kind of outgrow it. Um, so I think it's a nice little thing. It's 149 US. I don't. I think it's only in the US. Maybe Canada, and I think other areas are rolling out, quote unquote, soon. Yeah, UK it's coming soon, um, and then the EU it's coming soon. Uh, actually, is it coming in soon in the EU? Let's choose Austria or something. I think it's. Oh, it's okay. It's in stock in the EU, but they've stopped. Um, I did try and order one, and they've they've denied. So when I got the UXG Lite, I shipped it from the EU, not using any ship forwarding service. They just shipped it to me directly. They stopped doing that now. So. I went to place the order and they said your country's not supported, so I guess they've stopped doing that now. So it's that's right, I'll just wait wait to help. But I think the criticism of it is a bit unjustified. If you think like if you look at the iPad lineup, you've got the entry level, you've got the medium one, you've got the pro ones. Similar sort of thing a little bit. You've got devices that fit a specific need. If you think like if you live by yourself in a flat, you're not gonna with, I don't know, two rooms or something, and you're not going to run into an issue where you're going to have more than five devices. All you're going to have is that thing and maybe a switch to power some stuff off your TV. That's perfect. And then, as you said, you can take it with you and go along in your unified journey. I guess that's a marketing-friendly <laughs> way of saying it. Um, but yeah, it's like you could, you, if you feel, if you move into a house with someone, you can then take that with you and not waste the money you've spent on it and use it as an AP. Either what, I think you can use it wired. I'm not sure. Um, be cool you to can. test that. Oh, you can. Cool. So you can use it as just a normal AP um, in your home network. So it's, you're not wasting device. You're not having to sell something. You're not having to throw something away. So I think that's fine. 
Uh, it's devices with different needs. I think I think with certain things, I think people just expect everything to make sense to them. Um, like for me, there's certain iPad models that don't make any sense to me, and there's certain Mac models that don't make sense to me. You can it's the same with everything, like cars as well. So you, there's 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 a need for it and it's going to meet a certain thing and if also if ubiquity made it more capable it would then cannibalize other devices and then it would also make it more expensive because they have to have more ram to support unify so i think it's fine um it's going to serve basic needs and i think we mentioned on james's podcast i think this is a replacement for amplify um to, yeah to be seen yeah. um amplify hasn't gotten much love mm-hmm. the, um the last Amplify is ubiquity separate brand for mesh Wi-Fi, um, and it's kind of like a weird stepchild yeah. where it doesn't really get much attention. Um, I think the, the the last hardware release was the Alien in 2019, mm-hmm. so they have some older equipment that is still for sale in the Alien. But yeah, this this kind of seems like Unify coming to take the you know what what area Amplify covered before. So a lot of people are looking at it as like a replacement for a mesh system. Um, and there's still so much confusion about what it can be and can't be. Like, people want to use it as a gateway only. It's like, no, that's what the UXG Lite is. Okay, wait, do I need a cloud key? Can I use a cloud key and this together? Like, people, it's, it gets a little confusing down in that area. But, yeah, I, I think the straightforward thing is if you're looking to get started, just buy one of these or two or three of these and go from there. Yep. Um, so I, I think it's great for that entry level. And then, yeah, the ability to reuse it is big because that's, that's new. Yeah, so someone bought Amplify, um, well, two things. I'm on the EU store, and the What's New page has got a banner saying Amplify Alien, 290 euros off. Uh, it says office expires at the end of the year or when supply is exhausted. So I reckon that, that I read that as they're trying to get rid of stock, so um, potentially. But yeah, as I said, with the Unify stuff, you buy an Express and you move into a bigger house eventually, you're going to want to buy more stuff because it is addictive. That's the problem with it. It is addictive to buy more stuff with it so you can do more stuff you can expand out your devices so i think it's clever so yeah it's a nice little device um have you are you gonna be reviewing it or, or looking at it anymore or have you 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 said you can't even order one right no so when i can order one i'll get one to review for hostify um i've got the uxg light review already live i think um, or the first impressions of it, and there's some adopting bits and pieces. But yeah, as soon as I can buy it, I'll I'll get one and try to adopt it to Hostify and see what it does. So yeah. Yes. Um, this next one, Unify Access Elevator. Uh, this was, if I remember rightly, this hit EA ages ago. I think whatever the EA store EA stores around, this this hit EA a while back and. Like just hung around for ages and then disappeared. I, f- I completely forgot it existed, and then it just it came to the store um, a few weeks, well, a few weeks ago, I think. So I'd imagine I've seen in hotels and things that people have RFID cards to get access to certain floors on lifts and elevators. I guess what this is, I guess that's what this is for. Um, sort of restricting access to different floors and, and maybe in offices as well. So pretty good. Um, quite a good option if you've already bought into your access for your doors you want to use it for your lifts as well elevators so right so this um this kit is new or what the elevator hub is mm-hmm. new and then you can use what the the i guess only the g2 readers and and the access cards and all the other unify access stuff that's already out there so the new stuff is the the elevator part right mm. that's right and these extenders yeah. as well yeah and i guess i mean it makes sense because of you know they're they're clearly trying to make unify access and unify identity um, that's another new thing is um, the subscription-free Unify Identity. I think mm. I don't know if it launched earlier, but it, it was noted in the the show notes for the most recent release. So yes, yeah, they're clearly pushing on that. And yeah, the the idea of you know tying you know what what you should have access to into your elevator. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't really know much about this world, but I, I think I know a lot of people that are in here were excited about that, mm. uh, and it, it's kind of a good complement to the card readers and the door entry and. You know, if, if you go all in, it, you kind of need those kind of devices to exist. Yeah, some of the relays, it says car positions. I guess that means the position of the actual elevator unit itself. And it will tell you if the doors are open or closed or emergency stuff. So um, I'm not sure. I can kind of guess why you need the PAB extenders, possibly. Um, I'd imagine. Card reader. Yeah, but imagine when the. Maybe it's something to do with cables from 
the top of the lift when it moves down all the way down in the shaft I don't know not really sure uh, it's not so again it's a world I'm, I'm not too familiar with but I guess it's to do with when the lifts when the actual elevator moves down and the cables get extended I'm not sure how they how, not sure how they manage cables in those sort of elevator shafts but yeah yeah uh, I'm glad there's professionals that know what they're talking about for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> so in the UK, this is coming soon. It's about £900. Um, probably similar price in the US. Let's just have a quick look just for consistency. Yeah, 999 in the US, uh, and it says add to cart, so it's actually in stock. That's quite nice. That comes with 10 RFID cards, two peer extenders, a GT Reader, and the Elevator Hub. So pretty cool. Next one, uh, the cloud console. So uh, this is now available outside of the US for the very first time. Uh, that's UK, Canada, Europe, and Australia. Uh, previously, it's only been available in the US. This is Ubiquiti's quote-unquote official hosting. Um, obviously, they've got some features that are locked behind locked behind that, like the Magic VPN thing and some other features. But this is their, yeah, essentially their cloud hosting to, to sort of compete with Hostify a little bit. Um, I guess that's the aim, aim behind it anyway. But I've signed up for a free trial. It it seems to work okay. Um, Pricing-wise, in the UK, I'll have to have a quick look here. Um, well, I know they changed pricing. Like, they launched in the US, what, six months ago? I don't know, sometime mm -hmm. this year, I think. Um, and I think when they launched, they were mentioning, like, a I think a 5,000 device plan or, or some very mm -hmm. high, you know, they said, in the future, yeah. we'll add another tier. But for a while, it was just, I think, 29 us pricing um mm -hmm. for 500 devices i believe and then since that initial release they they kept the 29 dollars a month price for us customers but they reduced that to i believe it's a uh, hundred devices yeah so yeah, it's 29 it? pounds and 100 devices yeah yeah so they did the yeah. same thing here so it's 29 dollars for 100 devices and then i think it's 99 for uh a thousand a thousand devices yeah, yeah. so That's there's right. those two and i assume they're trying to make those two tiers in the uk and the four other countries yeah so i've got the exact same thing here so it actually ends up being it ends up being a bit more expensive here to well apple do the same thing they keep the same numbers but they use it everywhere it ends up being more expensive here um yeah. so yeah a thousand a uh, thousand devices for 99 pounds and then 29 pounds for 100 devices i like the wording suggests a few things is currently the cloud console only supports unified network applications that makes me think that other features may come down the line like unified talk i'd imagine and you think talk? You think talk's the most likely? Talk and access, those two. Text might be a bit tricky. Um, it might that the cost. I think. I don't think they'll do it because they've got the privacy aspect of the hard drives and all the footage. And the I would imagine the sheer cost of handling that amount of bandwidth coming into your servers is going to be astron astronomical. Um, and maybe well, and they I, charge yeah yeah and I, I think the whole they like they made a they literally made a commercial about unify protect saying hey it's on premises so like yeah. i think to them that's a selling point i don't think that mm. they would ever i mean maybe they could come up with a number big enough <laughs> to to host unify protect for you and record your footage um but i think they're trying to position unify protect as the uh, kind of uh, ironically enough given the news from last week uh, that's it's the security conscious option where it's on prem mm -hmm. and you control it, um, give or take you know remote access issues. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't see protect being a cloud service. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. talk and access that could be interesting, um, and you know maybe even you know ev basically everything besides protect they could probably host for you and, and charge you for it. Mm, I think so. Um, connect would be a really good one because I can see connect. Um, I can see connect the little. Little device which is peer powered HDMI out, not the viewport, but the whatever you display cast, I think it's called. Um, I can imagine that being useful in restaurants and cafes, you know, when you've got those TV screens with the menus on them, and they're 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 obviously cloud connected because every time there's a menu change or the change, they all have a menu change system wide. So I'd imagine that's the market they're going after, and they could have that cloud hosted. I imagine that will get a bit messy routing network wise to have those coming back to an on-prem device somewhere that would probably get a bit a bit messy so if that could be cloud hosted and all adopted out outside um that'd be pretty cool so. yeah I, I think another option would be good because right now it's it's you buy a what dream machine pro se dream mm -hmm. one of those that runs those apps um 
or add a cloud key Gen 2. So mm-hmm. I think it'd be, there's probably going to be a bunch of people that would say, hey, I'd rather just pay you every month rather than buy a little cloud key or I don't understand what a cloud key is. You know, can I just pay you and make it work? <laughs> yep. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm this, this next one got me a bit excited. Um, I remember when, when I used to work at the West, I used to work out, we did, we got into fiber planning. Um, obviously could we just start doing fiber, but the, the software world for fiber planning is very expensive, very messy and very hard to use. Um, that's just how it works. Unfortunately, some obscure software is just a complete nightmare. So, for free, again, <laughs> you basically love offering things for free to the Wisp industry, and it's just really good because it keeps them keeps them customers, hopefully. Um, they've essentially added a fiber deployment design center, um, and it will suggest pond design, including routers, switches, and splitters. Um, and one of the things for me that was such a massive issue is because fiber is so passive, you can't actually log into anything like a wireless radio to see how long something's been connected, how long... Uh, where it's connected to you can't then trace where someone's routed to um but it's got all maps included you can place on the maps and on topology views where splitters are and where the ONUs are connected and the speed are oh, fantastic um really 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 good it got vault placement as well so like underground vault um yeah for fa- the fact this is free um and it's all live and connected to uisp is absolutely amazing um so good on them for doing this there's a definitely people that would be interested in using this yeah there, there's two of them right uh uisp design center and unified either way unified design design center I there's a unified design today. center and there's uisp i think yes um so yeah right yeah I, I love that they offer them um they were very helpful for me like for planning outdoor you know um fixed wireless uh links you know, yep. they, have, they have very good software for that where you can, you know, say, hey, I have two radios here. What should I buy? So it's it's helpful planning and it's also handy for Ubiquity. It's kind of like a sales tool of like, hey, this is what you're trying to do. This is the equipment. And you can even just like add it to cart here. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty slick little thing. And yeah, I love that they added Fiber 2 um, because, yes, that, that planning, those kind of networks kind of get complicated. So, so free tools like this are, are nice to have. Oh, yeah. And the fact that it's not a separate login because the software we used to use was a separate service that would have so many seats available and have to pay for more seats and oh just a complete nightmare and this is looks and you can click on the items on the map i'll put some pictures on screen but you can click on the things on the map of the different houses and it will link you to the onu which is for their house which is just oh it's just magic <laughs> um yeah where was this when i was uh, working there but anyway um fa- absolutely fantastic and yeah I, th- I think for them usp is definitely a, a lock-in feature um, so if they can, again, like in America, there's more wisps than we have, um, way more of, may, way more of them around. But if they can give it, if they can give someone who's starting out all the tools for free, they are more likely to stick with the company for their certain things. So, yeah, really, really good. Uh, we've also got this was rushed out very quickly. Eight zero two four. It um was released in beta not that long ago, 12 days ago, well, yeah, and then seven days ago, the GA version was released, so got a, quite a few features in here. One of them is um, the access logs, or the admin logs, so you can see who changed certain things, which is quite cool. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, this um, 8.0.07, I think, was the first GA yeah. version 8 release, and that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, dot or dot was going to be the first update um and that that release i th- i think it was put to release candidate and then pulled so this minor bump to dot two four was just that you know original release that they had an issue with i forget what the exact issue with dot two one was um but yeah the the admin change log is is the big kind of headlining feature of this and um this is something i've been looking for and i know a lot of other people have been looking for for years where it's like you log in, you don't know what changed or who did it. So yep. it's finally having that lo- long list of like, hey, Bob logged in at this time, changed the Wi-Fi password, <laughs> fire Bob. So yeah, having those, having like trackability and kind of a history of what changed and when, um, very good for troubleshooting and, and for, you know, controllers where you have multiple people controlling it, mm-hmm. um, you know, handy to have. So yeah. that, that's great to see. And there, there's a couple other minor things in this release, but that's kind of the big one. Yeah, I'll put a screenshot on screen. Um, there's a, I've got an example of my controller here. So I went and edited a switch, and you can see here that um, period is turned off and on again, and 
something was changed. So it's, it's very, very um, consolidating and quite easy to use all of the features. So it's good good that they've done that. Um, in terms of the other features, there's you can now have a default network limit to 255. So I, I, I think it was means, raised. It was yeah. raised to 255. So yeah. you can have um, it's yeah in, increased default network limit to mm. 255. So that's like if you have 255 different virtual networks or feedlands. Yep. That you, it'll just say, "Hey, can't add any more." I think I think it varied, and I think it used to be sixty-four. Okay. I, I don't know if it was sixty-four for every device or certain devices, but I've I've seen that screenshot where it says like you've hit the the max of sixty-four. Wow. So now you can have up to two hundred fifty-five. I guess they just uh, <laughs> increased the 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 number of bits they're using to store that number or whatever they did because uh, yep. now yeah, that that'll be good for people that have larger networks. Yeah. So some devices such as USG and in-wall APs have. Uh, lower limits. Not sure what they're yeah. actually. Yeah, they're they're probably still at sixty four yep. then. If yep. if there's a few devices that can't support that. One thing I didn't understand was added support for PPPoE one without credentials. I don't know how that works. How to have? How would you have a triple PoE session without any credentials? It's really weird because we used to use triple PoE where it used to work. But I wonder if it'd be certificate. Um, I don't really know much about PPPoE, oh, but okay. I wonder if it's like a cert- certificate based because that's mm. typically the other option. Is you you either have a username and password or you'd have some other way to prove your identity so it might be a mac address it might be I mean, mac address is pretty insecure because you can mm. you know fake that yeah um, but if if like your isp gives you a certificate or I, I don't know what other options there are besides a username and password i think it is me- just there's username and password and then there's also a service name which is like a tertiary authentication you have to put a third option in yeah don't know really weird i guess it just authenticates without a password i don't i don't know it makes that yeah, time how, yeah how is that different how is that pppoe then um, i don't know but they support weird. it now though yep there we go uh there's a few other bits and pieces there was some issues apparently with the, the xg ap's you couldn't configure them um and some other bits and pieces all the links are in the show notes uh, but yeah another good update to unify network so good uh, you did touch on it earlier with Unify 3.2.7 to 3.2.7, uh, subscription-free Unify identity. So this was released the other day, updated by Dream Machine pretty quickly after it came out. There's some really cool features in here. There's a few bits. I think we mentioned DNS Shield on the show before, but that's come yeah. out and I've tested it out. Yeah. Yeah, and in, in the show, I mean, in the well, show notes, in the release notes. Um, they cover a couple of things that I don't know if they were in before, but they were definitely in like early access stuff, like mm. the um, shadow mode they had talked about before, VLAN magic we had talked about I think last month, um, DNS shield, and then loop protection. That's their kind of spanning tree, but not spanning tree. Yep. And I, I think the main thing with loop protection is it'll support the um, the what is it the mini. Flex Mini. Fle- yep. Flex Mini. Yeah, yep. I couldn't think of Flex. Um, the Flex Mini, because the Flex Mini doesn't support spanning tree, but I bet it will support loop protection. And yep. I, I don't know if there's other devices that don't support spanning tree. I don't know why else they would try to reinvent the wheel with spanning tree as something, you know. It's mainly but, designed for non-unified devices. Yeah. And yeah, I, I bet other clients too. It's yeah, just, yeah. you know, if, if you cable your network incorrectly, it won't yep. cause an issue now. Um, and then in, inner space that replaces the map, um, so mm-hmm. that's another Unify application. So it's it those were like the big headlining features, and um, I think yeah, shadow mode and subscription free identity are, are probably the two most interesting ones. Yeah, uh, Cody's done a video on shadow mode. I know we listen to the show, so hey Cody. Um, uh, it's like high availability, but not quite yet. Um, it says again that currently wording it says currently shadow mode operates as a warm spare this will be become fully automated in an upcoming release so in the future it will have a high is that called a, like a hot a hot spare i guess it is a yeah, hot spare um and you won't have to do any manual intervention because currently if you have a dream machine pro or se that dies you got to physically move the cables over um and the hard drive i think um but yeah it's it's good and i hope that's good that it become automated in the future so yeah, I'll be. I'll, I'm interested in how that works because the the physical cabling gets a little tricky, and then mm. high availability is always a little bit complicated. So right now, shadow mode is as simple as possible. Like it's um, basically you just have a dumb spare sitting there. So you have two Dream Machine Pros, one of which you're using, one of which is just sitting there ready to go if the other one fails. Mm. Um, doing anything like active active, where you have two 
active at the same time or, or kind of an automated failover, which is apparently what they're trying to do. Um, that can be a little bit tricky physically wise because you need two, at least two WAN cables for every WAN connection you have. And the same thing on the LAN side. So you need to double up your cabling. You might need like a switch in front of. So mm. I'm, I, I'm, I would love to know details about that. Um, but apparently that's coming. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do because right now it, it, it's nice to have but yeah it's it's as simple as possible and you might as well buy a hardware spare at that point like it's not really high availability high availability in the in the truest sense i remember there was something i think we've talked about it before there's something in a video about that power pro pdu thing that was going to enable the high high availability hmm. um if i can find the thing I'm on about. Are they just talking about for power backup? No. So they, or is that that going to like handle failing over your WAN connections and yeah. those kind of things? Yeah. So it's um, yeah. It says virtual router redundancy. If you go on the PDU mm. Pro listing, it says virtual router redundancy support is coming soon. Requires multiple gateways, and there's not a way of seeing how they're going to do it. But well, that's that's an industry. Um, that's industry standard VRRP, I believe is the acronym. Oh, so that's okay. virtual router redundancy program. So that's like, um, for me and, and where I work during my day job, like that's the world I live in. That that's a that's an expected feature where you have a very important site. You'd have mm. basically two of everything. You'd have you know two firewalls, two core switches. You know at, at the very least, if not more. Yeah. Um, and yes, the idea is always so. You, like if if it requires a cable move. That's not really solving no. the issue. Um, it's good to have. So yeah, VRRP or, or their version of it, um, if that's what they're planning to go with, yeah, that'll be that'll be nice. Yeah, I'm not sure if VR is what they're intending. They haven't mentioned it on this. Show yeah, it, yeah. I would I'd imagine it's um, that kind of feature. They're not going to support the industry standard. You know. The, it's it's yep. going to be their own version. It's it's yeah, kind of yeah. like loop protection, where it's like that's a branded thing yep. for what could be a standard. You know, so they're doing that with a lot of stuff, where mm. it's it's their own way of doing it, and it's a easy to use system, and it supports the eighty percent of features that people need. But if you need more, you'll probably need to buy <laughs> very expensive equipment and set up VRRP and have a true HA setup. Yeah. Okay, just to see what they do. Uh, just quickly mention DNS Shield we talked about it before, but I've managed to turn it on on my network yesterday. To get it to work properly, you have to set each VLAN to have auto DNS, and then it will pick up the gateway IP. And it's under security, and then general, um, and then you've got DNS Shield to so hover over that. It says ensures privacy and security of DNS traffic by encrypting it using DNS over HTTPS or DO. <laughs> uh, with auto, Google and Cloudflare are used as the DO servers, and you can change those to what you want. And imagine what they're using is those HTTPS versions of those DNS servers. So you can turn it off or you can manually set it. So that's all good. Yes, encrypting DNS, always fun. Yeah, and if you click on manual, there's also different categories. So there must be about 200 different categories in here. So you can choose your own. You can have, um, geez, you can have all sorts of different things. You have Cisco Family Shield, Cisco Family Shield IPv6, and I guess these are all um, these are all encrypted. So, some of them are listed as DOH if they are actually encrypted or not. So, I think that's pretty good. Um, lots of DNS script as well, or all sorts of different options in there. So that's all good. So, fantastic. Yeah. So, Unify OS 3.2.7 is now out for various Unify OS, or Unify Cloud consoles, I should say. Um, so, yeah, I should be able to update now, and I reckon that's pretty okay to do. So, I haven't seen any problems on my end. So, all good. Next one. Um, now this is the second time you've you've have done like a they pulled an Apple um like they've done a, a behind the scenes launch essentially and then released uh, like a I imagine like a um, embargo and had creators release different reviews at different times. These are the Unify Pro Max switches, so <laughs> they got like iPhone 15 Pro Max sort of naming, so it's quite funny. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine your uh, Unify Switch guy is gonna have to get a lot bigger now. <laughs> Um, we've got some got some new in-between switches. These are kind of similar to enterprise switches, but with more POE options. Um, so it's interesting to see the line expand. 
And they've also got this quite interesting lighting feature, which will help you find different things, but yeah. Yeah, this is, um, for those counted at home, the 31st and 32nd Unify Switch. Um, and I think that doesn't even include everyone that they currently sell. I think there's a few first-gen models that aren't in that 32. So either way, a lot of choices. Um, these are nice, uh, just mainly for people that want a lot of 2.5 gig and PoE plus or PoE plus plus. Um, so I think moving from the Pro 24 PoE up to the Pro Max 24 PoE, I'm still getting this straight. You get the I think what is it like eight or sixteen. Um, two and a half gig ports, so a lot more multi gig ports, and then you also get I think double the PoE plus plus, like the sixty watt really high power ports. Um, so yeah, that that's the main thing. Also the the yeah, like that that's my serious take on it is like if you need more speed, more PoE, these are nice upgrades to the current um, Pro switches. The uh, <laughs> The kind of sillier side is is the lighting. Um, that was the big focus of the launch. That was a lot of the kind of day one videos were like, wow, RGB lights, you know, look at this. Um, yes, so I, I think it's it's a really technically interesting idea. Um, you can totally, you know, I, I would hope you were able to just fully disable them and, and use the Switch normally. Um, but yeah, this is something unique to the Pro Max. It's ether lighting where um, it kind of ties into the Unify AR mode on your phone, so you can hold up your phone. Um, you've been able to do this for a couple of years now. You can hold up your phone and kind of see what's on each port with that kind of AR view. And now th this kind of is extending that to the lighting of the port. So you can say, hey, I want to know, or light up the ports that are on VLAN 10, and then like those ports will light up, or light up the port that this device is connecting to. Um, so it could help with kind of remote, if you have like a remote, hands-on network technician who doesn't know where to plug something in like that could be a use case or just tracking down a device or whatever so I, I think it has some uses and it's also kind of ridiculous that it's just rgb lighting on a switch that could be in a, a data center that no one will ever see or you know a network rack that no one ever is ever going to see um so it, it's it's both fun and potentially useful and silly all at the same time no yeah i, th I think yeah um before you had to go up to an enterprise switch yep. to get two and a half gig. Now um, the Pro Max has a bunch. I think it's eight, eight or sixteen, give or take. If you have uh, the twenty-four or forty-eight port model, yeah, yeah. So you can have up to eight or or sixteen two and a half gig ports with these switches, and and you can also have the high power um, PoE plus plus on those. Um, so I, I think it's probably preceding the Wi-Fi seven or more Wi-Fi six E access points. Um, I mean, there are a few cameras. I'm trying to think of PoE++ devices that they have. I think there's, what, like the AI DSLR or one of those high-end cameras, the I think, is... PTZ cameras. Yeah. BT, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. So there's a few very high-end cameras that need 60 watts. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any APs. I think the, maybe the Base Station XG? Yeah, the big, the big daddy AP needs BT power. Yeah. Yep. But I bet it's it's going to be really common for Wi-Fi seven. Um, yeah. So we've seen a few rumblings of Wi-Fi seven models. Nothing official. We don't know the models. But I, I bet a few of those Wi-Fi seven APs are going to need, ideally, two and a half gig and PoE plus plus sixty watts. So this this will be good switches for that. And then as a bonus, you get some RGB too. Yeah. So what I mentioned was the Pro Max, which um, hasn't got all of them PoE plus plus. Just sixteen of them are PoE plus plus. And the left of eight are just period plus. So yeah, I think it's going to serve a need. Um, again, there's a lot of lines, like blurred lines, with the switch lineup, as you know from doing your guides. But not too sure how useful the ether lighting system will be. But we'll we'll see. So yeah, ubiquity's going to ubiquity. Yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> yeah, I love. I love oh, you gone. The uh, the only thing I want to add to that is the um, there was that post the Pro Max fiber cables coming. Uh, someone just basically plugged in a bunch of Christmas lights. So it was, a, it was a joke, but a good one. Did they actually power the lights off PoE? No, no I'm pretty sure it's just a string of... Like, someone made that fake product page as if they were oh, selling yeah. Christmas lights. Yes, we'll put the link in the show notes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they showed a picture of their rack with a bunch of, you know, Pro Max fiber cables. <laughs> yeah, they should, they should make some PoE Christmas lights, that'd be quite cool. 
So. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think they they make enough devices. I don't think they. Yeah, I, I think maybe uh, some things are best left to uh, yeah. the imagination. Uh, you mentioned more Peary Max models are coming, non Peary and others. Do you think? What do you think by that? Yeah, so that they did in the in their announcement post, they literally explicitly said more Pro Max models are coming. Oh, um, I missed that. So they are definitely going to make non PoE versions of these, which kind of removes half the reason for their existence with the um, uh, you know a high amount yeah. of PoE plus plus. Yeah. But they're going to have non PoE versions of them. Um, probably whatever, hundred dollars off the price you mm. can buy without PoE, something like that. Um, and I wonder if they're going to have lower port counts or other configurations. Maybe one that's like more focused on fiber, kind of like the aggregation model. Mm. Uh, or maybe they'll have like a desktop eight ports model. Mm. I'm, I'm sure they're going to have probably some others besides those uh, 24 and 48. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the uh, the only thing I can think about with the lighting feature that what that's useful for is so when I when I used to work I used to do a lot of remote troubleshooting with people on the phone I said oh check this port and I'm like you know what I mean that's that sort of remote support but if you could light up those ports and say oh it's the green one <laughs> the yeah. one that's lighting green but to me how often or maybe deployments where you're helping Wi-Fi installers all the time and not 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 necessarily Wisp stuff because you wouldn't use Unifier or Wisp. So yeah, I think that there's um, this is solving a problem that's already solved in a pretty <laughs> uh, take a picture and post it on social and uh, kind of way. So yes, like to me, typically you'd be you'd have a patch panel. You would label that patch panel. Yep. You would get your structured cable organized and say, okay, uh, the wall port is this label that lines up with what's on the patch panel. That patch panel lines up with that switch port. Um, this is kind of a shortcut. So yes, it could save you labeling. Um, if you don't have a patch panel, if this is like a home network or just a small business who doesn't want to pay someone to do that, um, yeah, you could have the port light up. Yeah, so it, like it does have some use. It's also mostly it's kind of it feels like a gimmick uh or, or just kind of a you know ooh pretty kind of feature mm. um i got some real-time follow-up i've been on the website the booksy's main like marketing website there are four switches available well listed in the pro max standards you've got pro max peary two of those and you've also got pro max to non-peary um same form factor just no peary on them so if you if you go to unify uh, ui.com switching and then you got professional max new uh, you scroll right down to the bottom. There's a list of the products, uh, and you're right. The 48 volt, the 48 ports, and the 24 ports just don't have PoE on them, um, and I can't see what else you're going to gain from that. But yeah. Where? Wait. Where on the website? Um, so if you go UI.com and then you click on switching. Oh, okay. And then Professional Max, and then you scroll all the way down below I the video see. of the actors and things. Yeah. There's... Okay, so they did confirm. I, I don't know if that wasn't there before. Um, not sure. But yeah, now they do have it on their website at least that the non-POE models are coming. Yeah. Um, and um, they did, speaking of the website, they did slightly redesign a few things, I think. Already? Well, it looks like it. Um, I don't know if that was in December. It might have been late November. But just like the homepage and, and their menus up top. Oh, uh, they're very Apple again. Different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And then to me, like, what are you getting from the inter? What are you getting from the enterprise that's non-PoE with for that? If they oh they don't do enterprise switches that aren't PoE then. Okay, that's where we lose a little bit of of its sheen. Yeah, there. Um, it's there's a lot of overlap. Um, yeah. It's really it, it's becoming like <laughs> very hard to to choose or recommend one model. Mm. Um. It's like if you need these three specific features, you need to get this specific model. If you don't care about it, you can get four or five different ones that are very similar. Yeah. Um, the enterprises they'll probably push up. Like I would imagine more 10 gig fiber, more 25 gig. Um, what is that? SFP 28 ports. Um, more and more on the enterprise side to kind of justify that tier below. But mm. it's getting crowded. Yeah, so I'd imagine. If you want 2.5 gig and PoE, 
you get Enterprise. If you wanted 2.5 gig and no PoE, you get the Pro Max. By the by, the look of my like very brief look at it, with the Pro Max well, and PoE ones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that you could get the what Enterprise 48 PoE, which has two and a half gig and PoE. Yeah. But yeah, the the specific combination of two and a half gig and PoE plus plus, I think that's the Pro Max. I think that's the only place you can get that specific yep. combination. Maybe. Yeah, looks like it. So, again, all the links to the things we're looking at right now in the show notes. Um, but yeah, we'll move on from switches getting a bit headachey. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a while ago, I think it was in July or June. Um, Ubiquiti. Well, okay. There was a there was a leak of the unified cable modem. Um, it was leaked by COX.com, like uh, one of the ISPs in, in the US. Um, and just in the last few days, this officially has gone live. Um, so it's on sale now in the US only for 279 Um And I've found one video from... I'll put, again, I'll put, I think, a link in the show notes. It's Unified IT, I think their channel is. Um, they've unboxed it and tested it out. It seems to work pretty well. Um, and yeah, essentially, this is just a cable modem, which can do up to 2.5 gig because you've got a 2.5 gig ethernet port um, and it looks like it works with only US providers if you buy it in another country and want to try it out it's not going to work you're going to have to get the MAC address authenticated by your ISP the demo I watched uh, he managed to activate it via an app which is quite good so you don't have to ring anyone up I think it's with Xfinity um, he managed to put a MAC address directly into the app and it activated it after you got the right one, um, but yeah, looks looks cool. Um, I'm not, I can't work out the technicalities behind it because when you plug the Ethernet port into the WAN port of the UX the UDM, the U, the cable modem ends ends up with an IP address from the LAN side of the UDM to manage it. So it's basically doing like kind of like a VLAN truck, yeah. um, where it's passing typically it would pass a public IP to your WAN port and I guess it's there's setting they're setting up an automatic tagged VLAN to access your Sounds management like network as well Sounds That's like it yeah one way to do it um yeah the the lack of support for other countries and for other providers is the big asterisk and mm-hmm. to me the the size the fact that it's a full rack width it does <laughs> fit in with other rack equipment but mm-hmm. to me a modem could be a little it could almost be like the size of a unify express it could just be a little box yeah um, so it's a weird device that they made um hopefully they support more providers and more countries and all that um mm. but yeah another shiny silver box for your rack there if you, yes yeah, so the video watch mentioned that it's uncommon to apparently find a modem that works with both business and residential yeah uh, um so this works with comcast Xfinity Residential, Comcast Business, Charter Spectrum Residential, and then Cox, which is the one that leaked the information, Residential only. So, um, yeah, uh, if he says you yeah, that have... is kind of that is kind of unique, but it, I believe it's only coax. Um, yes, to me, like we have Comcast Business, but we have fiber connections from them, so this would not be. This mm-hmm. isn't an ONT; it's a cable modem. So if you have a Comcast residential or business cable connection you could use this or, or Cox or Charter yeah. um, I would imagine just based on how fiber stuff is done and my experience with Unify Fiber USP Fiber that they won't end up making an ONT because of the way things yeah. are managed um, it just that unfortunately with a, with a ADSL modem or VDSL modem you're, there's no communication between that modem there's no like risk requirement for that modem to be from the isp obviously there was in the 90s but not anymore um and with a cable modem as well it's the same thing it looks like it's just a mac address but with an ont those systems are very tightly integrated with the olts um management wise they've got activations they've got vlan set on them they've got um there's communication between between the signal levels you have to authenticate them so and generally if you bought your own third party one they're not going to if you plugged in, it's not going to work. It just isn't. There's, it might pick up some light, but it isn't going to work because that that specific yeah that specific ONT has to be told on the OLT if it's it, to be activated and then tied to a specific data plan. So I heard one person say on the forums, "Oh, it'll be good if they make their own ONT," but that's well, not. Well, yeah, they. Yeah. That's what U Fiber is. So 
Yes. For at least the way I I had um, Verizon FiOS and I had a Motorola ONT. Yep. Um, that is Verizon's equipment. So mm-hmm. that's connecting to their network, authenticating to their OLT. Yep. Unless they want to make both sides, um, they wouldn't have a unified ONT because that's that's what UFiber is. You could buy the whole kit from them, where the provider OLT is UISP uh, fiber, right? UISP yep. fiber. And then you'd have the ONT, and that's that would be provider side equipment, whereas this cable, unified cable internet is, mm. you know, customer equipment. Yeah, um, and also I think with modems and uh, well, yeah, modems is ADSL and, co- and coax as well. You providing your own like this one might have better performance than um, those sort of things, and also uh, the guy in the video mentioned as well that. Um, Modems have their own Wi-Fi Wi-Fi built-in as well. That can, if someone just used that for their own, uh, all of their devices in in the house, you could see a performance hit. With fiber, I don't think there's any performance hit. It's just all passive, so it's just all it's doing is converting light to Ethernet. There's not, there's not going to be no performance gained really. Um, all the routing happens in the in the cabinet, so even the RT doesn't do any routing. So, yeah, um, this I'm not sure what percentage of the US is on cable modems, but it's probably quite high, so yeah. I am right now, um, yeah, and and I most of these providers will try to sell you or or um, allow you to rent an yeah. all-in-one where it's a modem and a router and a wireless access point. Mm-hmm. Um, those used to be terrible. Some of them are okay now, um, but yeah, if you can buy your own modem, whether it's this or something else, you're probably better off. Yeah, and also I think they're about thirty dollars a month for renting a modem or something. That's quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this looks like a Unify Switch. It's the same design. Got the touchscreen. I guess you can check the signal levels. Well, I don't know how the DOCSIS system works, but I guess you can check stats of the upstream provider. There's the management IP, so you can log in remotely and see what you need to do with it. Obviously, um, it's got a DOCSIS 3.1 port uh, and then 2.5 gig Ethernet. Um, it th- again, the video, <laughs> the video I watched, the guy mentioned it didn't have the um, RPS port, but I think. If you had this anyway, you'd have it with a UXG Pro or UDM Pro, um, and you can just power it off the back of the those that device basically. So if you've got if you've got the need for RPS, you're going to have a UDM Pro or UDM SE or UXG Pro. You can just power it off the modem port. So all good, cool. Yeah, it's on sale now. Uh, it looks like it's in stock. So all good. And there's some there's some there's a hefty amount of documentation as well um, about activating the cable internet. Um, modem as well, so it says how to connect how to cable it up, what to do in certain situations, who to contact there's links to contact the ISPs and notes about different things, so fantastic uh, do you put in the show notes about the IT nerdy sale um, that you've actually got on, so it's, this is US only at the moment um, and there's some big sales to be had on different devices so yeah, so for I know for Black Friday, at least, same thing. At least in the U.S., I think maybe Canada, um, they had the Dream Machine Pro on sale for two seventy nine, and mm-hmm. now they have the same thing, but a couple other devices. They also have the Dream Wall is two hundred dollars off. Um, the Protect NVR and NVR Pro are on sale. G four mm-hmm. Doorbell Pro and the G four PTZ, that very expensive Poe plus plus device. Oddly enough, maybe they'll sell some of those and some Pro Max switches. Wow, the, um, G, the G4 PTZ's got eight hundred dollars off. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. I mean, they <laughs> they must not be selling many of them. No. Is my my reading there? <laughs> and I know the the cynical take is they they're um, same thing with the Black Friday sale. The people are saying they're reducing the price of the Dream Machine Pro because they're trying to get rid of inventory. Um, maybe. Maybe and may- maybe there'll be a Dream Machine Pro Max <laughs> or Dream Machine Enterprise soon, and they just they're clearing out space. Um, but if you're looking for one of those devices, uh, those are good deals on them. Oh yeah, yeah, everything's about a hundred dollars off, apart from the PTZ, which is need a thousand bucks off. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, fire sale, fire sale on the the <laughs> the G4 awesome. PTZ camera. Uh. Very last thing we're going to get to before we wrap up is the Wi-Fi Man desktop app. Um, this was released for macOS natively on a uh, M1 chips and M2 chips. This is essentially it's going to allow you to do Ubiquiti Discovery now, um, and also uh, teleport one, teleport one-click VPN. I think I mentioned that in the last episode uh, about the teleport one-click VPN, um, which I've used quite a 
uh, quite a few times now, which is quite good. But yeah, um, it's good that they've done it. Uh, the the um, Hostify, we just launched the Hostify Discovery tool. Um, they work in different ways. The Wi-Fi Man desktop app is doing a like a big network discovery, so it's actually going to pick up uh, clients as well as unified ubiquity devices. So it's interesting how those differ now. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah, and it's weird. I mean, they previously had the iPad app basically on the Mac App Store. This is now a native, real quote unquote Mac app, but it, it's it does the same stuff. It almost looks the same, but yay. <laughs> I yes. Guess. I don't know. It's 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 a little bit of. It still looks like an iPad app, and yeah, it, that's all it is. It's it's kind of like a LAN scanner, and then you can connect to a Teleport VPN through it. Um, so if you use Teleport, which is really just easy to use WireGuard. You could use this to connect to it. Um, otherwise, just set up a WireGuard VPN and <laughs> use the Hostify discovery tool or some other LAN scanner app, and you don't have to bother with this. Yeah, I mean, it seems to work. It's not in the Mac App Store, as you mentioned. Um, but you can still use the iPad version on Mac OS, which I was doing for a while. So, see how it goes. So, it's good that they've got a new tool available, and you can. there's not much you can do with it. Um, you can't adopt any unified devices like, like you can with the Hostify one, but um, yeah. So good. Yeah, it's, it's weird that it's called Wi-Fi Man because that app on your phone is like a Wi-Fi analysis and spectrum analyzer yeah. kind of tool. Yeah. But this is Wi-Fi Man for teleport VPN and scanning the network. I, I don't understand what the branding is there, but yeah, that Wi-Fi Man on the iPhone has been—it's got a feature removed. It used to be able to do a iPerf test, like a, a branded iPerf test, directly from your phone to your cloud console, and that feature's been removed. That was a really good way of seeing if your Wi-Fi was actually operating correctly without having to do an internet speed test. So it's a shame that feature's gone now. But well, you have one of those little—they have a little Wi-Fi Man yes. hardware device, right? Too yeah. is that feature removed? Even if you have that thing, because I thought the idea of that was it was like a Wi-Fi testing that f- device. All that fe- all that thing does Wi-Fi Man Wizard. It's called. I'm not sure where it is though. Um, got the box where I could see it there. But oh well. Uh, all that allowed you to do was do spectrum scans basically because um, the iPhone I, Apple have restricted what third party developers can do with the Wi-Fi chips in the iPhone uh, and it was just a way of getting around that essentially and you could there was a thing about it being MagSafe compatible that I haven't managed to get it to work but um, I have it like clipped to the back of your phone but yeah, that, all that does is just a hardware device to allow you to do spectrum scans and you could get the like waterfall graphs and not waterfall graphs, but the bar chart graphs of all the Wi-Fi in your area. So that seems to work alright, but that no, that feature still is not available on either of those, which is a bit annoying. So yeah, it's quite useful. Time, it's time to rebrand. We need a new name. We need a new app. <laughs> They'll fix it then. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, just before we go, uh, you've been working on an update to your website, which I I love by the way. You've got like a little video thing, like an animation video on the top of the website, you've got some bits of colour come back into the site which is quite nice but yeah, just talk us through what you've changed on McCann Tech uh, Yeah, thanks so yeah, the I, I use Squarespace behind the scenes yeah, yeah. Um, and I set my website up so long ago that it's the quote unquote old uh, version so they moved from 7.0 to 7.1 a long time ago and for a while I was stuck on the old um, they gave me finally an option to convert, so I just was like, hey, sure, why not? So I, I hit that big scary button and then broke <laughs> a lot of things. Um, so most of what I was doing was fixing the weirdness, which I'm still trying to, to figure mm. out a few things. Um, but then because I did that kind of like behind the scenes upgrade, I did have the, you know, all the new stuff that Squarespace offers, like those, um, that little video at the top that I have. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm still playing around. I don't know if any of this will stay there. It might be too much. It might be ugly. Um, but yeah, just having a lot of fun. And, and there are a few things. Um, the biggest thing that I wish it added and it didn't was when you click on an image, you can't like pinch to zoom on mobile. Oh. It drives me nuts. I know it drives other people nuts, especially for like comparison charts when there's a lot of rows mm-hmm. or columns. You can't zoom in. You can't pinch to zoom like you'd expect. So I still... <laughs> there's a hacky way to enable that but I, I still can't do that um but yeah so I, yeah a, a little bit of a light redesign um and still pl- poking around and uh making it look a little bit better 
But yeah, looks good. Looks good, man. Uh, very clean. No ads. So it's all good. Yes. And yeah, um, I, I am wrapping up. I'm trying to do two kind of at the same time, which is slowing me down and making it harder. But I'm trying to do a Express and a UXG Lite review. So hopefully the UXG Lite review will be about be out first. Um, yep. Hopefully that'll be soon. And then the Express will shortly probably be after that. Um, are you doing... You said you you're working on some video reviews of those, or what were you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a UXG Lite video review. So I did a first impressions and unboxing, how to get it ad- adopted. But I'll work on a, a review of that for Hostify, um, and then Unify Express. Obviously, hasn't I can't order it yet. But in terms of what I'm working on for the interface, um, I, last year I did a what was it like a roundup or like year year review? That was what it's called of, of Ubiquiti. So I've started working on that, basically just listing all the stuff they've released in the year. Um, and like a little paragraph about what I thought about the year, which seemed to do quite well last year. So do the same again, I think. Um, but that's that's about it. So um, yeah, I hope everyone has a, a really, really good Christmas. And as always, you can find this podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. For a full description of this show, visit the episode link in the show notes. And of course, check out those chapters, complete with images to make your listening experience much more enjoyable. We've got an ad-free premium version of this show available on Apple Podcast. That will help support this episode and future podcasts we do. Thank you for joining me, Evan, on this episode of the UI Chat Podcast. Where can people find you online if they want to find out more about what you do? EvanMcCann.net. Fantastic. Looks from the show notes. Uh, Thanks for listening to this UI Chat Podcast. If you like what we do, follow this show on all the podcast platforms and on YouTube. You can give us a rating. This helps other people find this show. Again, I hope everyone has a really good holiday, uh, and you, you, Evan, as well. Thanks, everyone, who's been listening to this show since we started doing it. Uh, We really enjoy coming back every month, and we'll see you again in the new year.